Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Sickwix. Sickwix.com is the one place for you to get soy-based wax candles. You need to go get them. You have to make your house smell better. They last forever. I've literally had mine burning since uh, around noon today. It's 7 p.m. We're recording this and it's still burning brightly and uh, actually not a whole lot of wax has even gone down on the sucker. That would be the Flat River Grand Prix Motorcycle Races wax candle that I've got going on right now. Absolutely smells amazing. Smells a whole lot better than the guy that I've got on the line. Dave Drakes, thanks for joining me. <laughs> no problem. Uh, pumped to uh, get into it. I still have to get my own stick with scandal, man. Every time you talk about it, uh, it makes me want one more and more. You're so jealous. I think when it, when, yeah, I am jealous. I mean, I want to smell like Grand Prix racing, you know? So I'm, uh, I'm probably going to end up ordering one while we're on the, uh, on the pod. Fair enough. Well, maybe I'll have to text uh, uh, Aaron and see if we can't get you a care package head off that way. And, of course, uh, uh, people who are they're probably listening and thinking, uh, they've been saying that for about a month, so get that kid some uh, some candles now. Uh, but either way, uh, Daytona has come and gone. Um, probably one of the more boring races that we've had in 2019. Not a racetrack that was conducive to absolutely lights out best racing of the year, but... At the same time, it's still Supercross, it's still the sport that we love, and uh, the East and West boys came to play. Uh, tell me a little bit about your weekend. Uh, weekend was good, man. Um, it's no secret, I love Atlanta, one of my favorite rounds. Um, the new venue, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, is absolutely like just a gem to look at. Um, food is cheap, so you know I'm a foodie. I, I dig that. Uh, but moving on to the racing, man, it, it was for me, it was, it was, it was pretty decent. I, I kind of... Um, echo what you said a little bit about the racing kind of you know being kind of humdrum for a little bit of it but um just the atmosphere overall was really good pitch moved outdoors um you know the, the fan staff was a little bit more open um so that was actually pretty cool and we finally had some decent weather which we've uh which has eluded us uh, up to this point so definitely cool it was a uh, pretty decent track layout but you know being the softer georgia red clay and stuff broke down pretty good and uh kind of gave us some goat trail racing like you know you and i talked about a little bit so yeah um overall it was, on the it was, instagram it was live by the way people go to instagram yeah, I, live I, and watch that sucker yeah exactly make sure you tune in for uh, me and brad we're going to try to get this going more regularly and stuff so yes, sir. um yeah definitely uh definitely a, a a good venue to be at good to continue some more racing uh, i i wish we had just a little bit more action a little bit more tight tightness i guess up front um but you know just happy to be in atlanta decent weather Good track, cool, cool venue. You betcha, man. And uh, we, we like the uh, the lap times were fast, short short lap time, uh, forty eight seconds. Uh, really got the better of a few guys. There were some big ones in practice qualifying. We got some uh, some new guys showing up to the series. Well, maybe not they're not new to uh, Supercross, but new to the season. Uh, Michael Lessie, the 800, makes his triumphant comeback. Uh, maybe not the uh, the Michael Lessie of, uh, of old, taking up uh, whole shots and leading laps and, and just being one of the front runners, but definitely cool to see Mike back on the gate. I know uh, um, 
there's, there's a lot to be said about Michael Essie's uh, pro career, even his amateur career. Uh, love him or hate him throughout, throughout either one of them. Uh, the guy's been a consummate professional and, uh, um, just a just an entertaining guy to watch. It must have been a, been a cool moment for you to see uh, the 800 come back and uh, and get himself into the main event, take a spot away from uh, guys like oh I don't know, AJ Catanzaro. <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool to see Michael Essie back then, and um, it, it, it goes without saying, you and I especially, it's nice to kind of reminisce about like the the good old days, quote unquote, of racing, which is like the you know early to mid 2000s for you and I, and. Um, kind of seeing Alessi still there and Reed, it kind of makes you feel like, oh man, you know, it, we, we still we still got it, you know. What I mean, we still kind of have that same sort of aura around the races. But uh, yeah, it, it was cool to see him. It's um, you know, it, the more the more races that we have showing up to these things, the better. You know, it's better for the sport. And um, I think he's a, he's a pretty good ambassador for it. So um, you know, he's been out of it for a little bit. You know, in the in the U.S. scene, and uh, I think it's gonna take some time for him to kind of get his legs underneath him if he does want to make a full run at this thing, but. Nonetheless, good to see the 800 back out there. I'm sure everyone expected him to whole shot the main and lead like two or three laps. But, uh, yeah, still it's cool. And uh, good to see uh, the smart top bike still out there uh, going strong. Absolutely it was. And uh, just to see those guys putting in the laps week after week, uh, those guys are, are seriously, seriously talented. And uh, I was impressed uh, mainly by uh, Mike's ability to sort of come back to the fray and just uh, have himself, um, like, for a guy who was not on Supercross whatsoever, to, to roll back into things and uh, sort of let muscle memory take over a little bit. Really impressed. Um, who Who is your biggest surprise on the weekend as far as making it, whether it be making into the 250 uh, main events, which was, uh, like, the, a combined... The east and west, or or was it Cedric Subaras coming from France, uh, running under the TPJ tent and uh, putting into the main first try? Um, I I do like Cedric, but uh, I'm gonna have to go with Jared Lesher, man. We uh, yes. ended up sitting next I to get him, Lesher and on the show, honestly, actually. yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, got a PA, um, relatively unknown, you know, kind of keeps to himself. Literally showed up in a van with a humongous toolbox for me to help, you know, lift the bike in the van for him and put the toolbox in there. Super privateer. I think, honestly, most kids on 65 right now have a better setup than what Lesher showed up with. Yes. Um, and, yeah, dude, he stuck it to these guys, man. A lot of the guys that have, you know, some decent contracts in privateer land that uh, um, that that aren't making it as, uh, as easily as he did, it looks like. So hats off to him, man. It's super cool to be able to do that. Um, with this with this group of people, everyone around them has some pretty decent support, if not factory rides. So, I mean, if if that guy gets on a decent bike, and if there's teams out there, man, Lesher might be somebody to keep your eye on. That may be. I, I'm not too sure how many more races he's doing. I hope he does more. Um, but uh, yeah, like to, for first try, two two guys putting their uh, putting the, putting in the main for the fir- their first try, and uh, I feel like that was a little bit of a pot shot at uh, Adam Entiknap, and uh, I, I don't think he's gonna uh, uh, take too kindly to that uh, big guy. So you have to maybe watch your back a little bit uh, when he- he- hanging uh-huh. around the uh, the Hep uh, truck in the weeks that come. Oh, but no. uh, don't, put, don't put those words in my mouth. Come on. <laughs> I, that, that's exactly you know, what I just, uh, that would just happen there. Adam, I'm amazed. Adam's my guy. I'm amazed. Adam's my guy, man. Shame on you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding 7-2-2 till I die, man. That's my boy. <laughs> wow. Just playing both sides of the fence. I see how it is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so let's get into the, the, the 250 class a little bit. Adam Cianciarulo, 
looked fast all day long. He's looked dominant throughout 2019. If he hasn't uh, had a, uh, an issue during one of the races, I think uh, A2 was a bit of a, an anomaly for him. Um, with going down in one of the, the triple crowns, uh, and then, uh, going down even worse in the other one, whereas it looked ugly, he ended up fifth, and then same thing with, uh, I think it was Glendale, uh, he had an off night there as well. Otherwise, it's been smooth sailing for the 92 machine, uh, and, and he was, uh, he rolled in there. I think, uh, most of the momentum was, uh, in the hands of Austin Forkner, and, uh, yeah, all, all Adam did was just go fast and, uh, take home the win. Yeah, that was just super cool to see. Um, you know, going back to what we talked about um, in our uh, Instagram live, I mean, the the whole East versus West uh, sort of hype was going on big time, especially being that it was two young guns, two PC guys on separate coasts. Um, everybody was talking, you know, oh, the, the West Coast has the faster guys, East Coast has the fastest guys. Uh, in my opinion, it was an even split, man. There's talent on both sides uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool to see AC kind of come out on top. Austin Forkner has been unstoppable, man. And not only has he been unstoppable, but he's been yarding these guys, um, pretty, pretty solidly. I mean, these are guys that, that are super, super fast. Like, you know, uh, Justin Cooper, um, you know, you, you got guys like, uh, who else? Chase Sexton. I mean, this just, the, the list could go on and on. And, um, he, he's gapping these guys by a pretty large margin once the race kind of, you know, um, ends up. So, um, he looked like he was going to come in and just and just dominate. He's been getting an amazing start, and uh, he, he looks a little bit more in control than I would say like an AC did on his coast. Um, so to see AC kind of rebound, get a good start, uh, ride some clean laps, make a clean pass, and and pull away with it is it speaks volumes, man. I mean, I think it did a lot for his confidence, um, did a lot for his points, obviously, and uh, yeah, it, it it was definitely a definitely a statement. I think we're gonna have a pretty good showdown when it comes to Vegas. Hopefully, uh, Forgner gives him more of a fight and we can see a, a slug-out duel. For sure. So, uh, who are you most impressed with uh, out of uh, the, your sort of guys that did not lead their coast? Uh, i got to give the nod to, to Dylan Ferrandez, a guy who... who uh, didn't start like the at the very front of the pack, fourth place. He still put himself in a decent position. Ends up second on, on the day. But uh, like, who else uh, really kind of stood out for you? Oh man, you took my guy. You know I love Fernandez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, someone else that did pretty decent for me. Um, I, I'm pretty pumped with with Sexton uh, as of man. He's he came in told it touted as like one of the you know new amateur up-and-comers supposed to, supposed to like you know give it to Forkner a little bit and go back and forth and I you know really was kind of lackluster for a little bit but he seems to be to be coming into his own like you know as, as of late so he was like one of the fastest qualifiers I think it was last weekend in Detroit um he, you know he looks he looked pretty solid um you know a little bit before that especially this past weekend in Atlanta and uh he, he seems to be in, in control of uh of, of his program now it looks like he's super fluid and he's vibing with the Honda so uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped to see him up there. I, I honestly wouldn't have guessed that he'd be this solid at this point in the season. I would have given him maybe, you know, eh, maybe a seventh, eighth here or there, hovering around that area. But uh, he's been solid, man. It looks like he's he's here to play and like he's uh, he means business and he wants to uh, take the dub away from uh, Fortuna pretty soon. I think he's nipping at his heels. That's for damn sure. Uh, bit of a, uh, it's a, an odd night for guys like uh, Shane McElrath and. Uh, Colt Nichols, on paper it's it's a seventh. On uh, in in reality, it's um, it's 
in reality, it's a fourth, uh, and they actually don't give up a whole lot of points. But it's it's just for me. I, I think that uh, this was sort of a statement race for guys like Adam and uh, and Dylan that uh, they're a little bit of a cut above, and they can put some guys in between guys like Shane McElrath and Colt and uh, uh, Michael Moseman, actually, who had a surprisingly good uh, finish in ninth place. Like that's basically a fifth in uh, as as far as like his coast is considered, which is I believe a uh, would be a season's best. Uh, if if maybe not, he was able to do that one other time throughout the season so far. That's that, that's a pretty decent showing for uh, for Mosman. Yeah, it, that's not bad at all. And um, this is somebody who you and I have talked about a little bit is you know needing to kind of step it up there and um, and show a little something, especially being on one of the premier factory teams with a guy who's on your team who was a past 450 champion. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's decent going going up against one coast to coast like um, like we had this past weekend. It's it's pretty good. Nice. You could be happy with the ninth. I think moving forward, he definitely should, you know, be a little bit closer to the front. I think we've we've had enough time um, in, in the season where he can kind of, you know, get his put, get his uh, his ducks in a row and and um, you know cross his t's, dot his eyes and stuff. And um, I'm not saying I'm not counting him out, but I think he's got a little bit of work to do to get to that next step. But he's not far off. I, I'm I'm pretty pumped in his riding. Fair enough. So, uh, um, who out of the guys uh, that that kind of jumps off the page at you from this East-West shootout uh, should be most kind of heading back to the drawing board as far as his results are considered, um, with exception of Jordan Smith, who's dealing with a wrist injury, who had an opportunity to make up some points here uh, on the the East-West shootout and uh, probably let one slip through his fingers the most. Oh man, I'm probably gonna have to say someone like an RJ Hampshire. Um, man, it, getting going back to 12th, man. I mean, this guy. Yeah. This guy looked very, very racy at A1, um, Glendale A2. Looked like he was he was going to be a solid contender. Um, and then just you know we haven't we haven't really seen him too much. We, you know he's had little flashes of brilliance here and there, but, but not nothing to where you know we we've been talking about Brandon as much or AC or Colt Nichols, you know, he really hasn't been at 10 conversations. So this could have been a great opportunity for him to, to, uh, you know, get out front and, and assert himself as like, you know, a class leader, somebody who could uh, potentially throw uh, a wrench into things or if not take over, uh, you know, the momentum of the, of the series. So I think it was a definite miss for him. Um, I'd also look at Alex Martin granted wasn't really his fault, you know, with the collision between him and McAdoo, but still, I mean, he could have gotten onto a good, good start, got himself away from any type of, you know, uh, opportunity to have an incident like that. And, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, things happen. And I wish you could have capitalized on the opportunity to make up just a, a vast amount of points because he really could have done some, uh, some damage and, and, and snuck his way up there. I think a lot of people are expecting him to be a lot higher up at, at this point in the season. Um, it's just a little bit of a miss on his part, I think. Fair enough. So uh, with that, let's throw it over to the commercial break real quickly here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Got some uh, some sponsor reads and some commercials with, from businesses like Maxima as well as, uh, I believe, Flies in there. And if they're not already in there, should be in there because Gamma Power Sports is going to be, become a part of the Big MX Radio Podcast very shortly as well as Sickwick's Candles. And uh, I believe there's even a, a quick read about the collective experience. So go check that out. We'll throw it to commercial break right now and we'll come back with the 450 class here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you got to check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. they got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's going to make your garage smell better. It's going to make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're going to love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them, and you're going to love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience. A proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. 
What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's Brad Gebhardt 88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhardt88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, we do our best to uh, plug our sponsors and I hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all, all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast. And uh, thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show. And we're back. Big MX Radio podcast still on the line with you. Brad Gebhardt, I'm your host. One of my most loyal co-host that I've ever had on the show. He's probably on the podcast damn near uh, 50, 50 times by now uh, over the last few years. We like to talk to him about the collective experience of which he is a sole proprietor and basically the master of puppets when it comes to giving people the best experience that they can uh, have at a Supercross race, the most exclusive, the most inclusive pod- podcast that we put out every single weekend is, the col- is, is when we have... Dave Drake's from the collective experience on because he brings people closer to the sport of motocross and supercross than any other person I know of bringing people into someone's racing program, allowing them to film the practice sessions to talk about the strategy and, and everything that goes into a, a racer's psyche throughout the day. You take a guy like a complete head case like AJ Catanzaro and you expose him to the, uh, the, the, the fans of the sport, the people who want the inside track. And, uh, you guys do exactly that with the collective experience. It gets better every single year. And, uh, you guys have an extra special, uh, thing going on with Maxis this weekend, uh, allowing two people to, uh, to win an experience. That's pretty cool. Tell me a little bit about it, Dave. Yeah, man, you said it. You said it perfectly. Um, no, I stumbled through that. That was really bad. <laughs> hey, man, it happened. What do you, you know, what are you gonna do? Um, but you know, yeah, we're we're super excited to bring the the experience back for 2019. We're you know we're uh, we're we're cooking with gas, and uh, the whole thing has just been it's just an absolute blast to 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 put on and bring to the industry. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, I'm really excited for this uh, for this Maxis uh, partnership that we just that we just finalized, where we're giving fans a chance to uh, get two free TCE SX fan experiences for them and a friend, and come behind the scenes with us and live like a VIP and really get fully immersed in the program. And um, this is so much more than just a meet and greet. I mean, you're touching the bikes, you're talking to gear reps, you're making lasting connections, you're helping the rider get to that next level and you'll have an actual stake in somebody um, doing good and progressing on a, at a pro supercross level, which, you know, you really can't get anywhere else. Um, and we've, we've had people that go on to do some incredible things in the industry because of the exposure that they got in our program. Um, and Maxis uh, wants to come behind us and, and, and they've really supported us throughout the season so far. And um, they, they really want to make sure they give back to the sport and give fans the opportunity to really get close to the action. So uh, make sure you guys head to at the collective EX on Instagram, check out our latest post. Uh, make sure you uh, tag a buddy, follow the collective experience, follow Maxis, follow AJ Cat and Zaro. 
uh, and make sure you get yourself entered in to win this, this uh, experience. This is over like a $1,300 value and you're getting totally for free. All you gotta do is just sign up on Instagram and you will not believe the experience you get. I can guarantee you that. Fair enough. Well, people go do exactly that. I believe all of the, uh, the details of how to enter is on the Collective Experiences Instagram as well as it's on that, uh, AJ Catanzaro, uh, Instagram as well. He finally did post out about that. So, uh, a little bit more traction on that pod, on the post. So hopefully you guys can, uh, to, can get that together. Um, 450 class, uh, this is becoming a thing. This is becoming a serious thing. And now that serious thing has a 13 point lead rolling into Daytona. Uh, Cooper Webb, um, it, has, he's just been winning races. I, I can't fucking figure it out. Uh, like even when he doesn't, uh, even when he doesn't do, um, exceptionally well uh he's still he's like like even on a bad night like, i guess in detroit where there was the triple crown uh he still ended up second like this has been uh, a theme throughout the 2019 season and you forget that he got fifth at the first round but he came from dead last to get there um it's been impressive it's been confusing and uh i'm sure it, i'm sure it's equally as uh, impressive and confusing to his competitors who have been chasing the guy down all season long so far Oh, man, confusing is is not the word. I mean, I don't it's, I don't think anybody could have picked Cooper Webb being what was it five on the season right now and having his points lead over people like Tolmag or uh, Ken Rocks and Amuskin. I mean, he was just a non-factor, and he's he's literally sticking it to these guys and asserting himself as the class leader. I mean, this is time and time again, and I think at this point, it's not even hopping on the bandwagon. It's just. This guy is just super, super dominant, and he is the best rider in the class right now. I mean, his starts are on par. He's aggressive. He is not afraid to mix it up. Um, you know, most of these guys, when, they, when you put them at that level and get them to, like, that next stage, uh, they, they kind of falter a little bit. And Cooper had a little bit of that in the, in the previous season, the last two seasons. Um, but he's kind of totally uh, totally changed his program up, put on different goggles or something, man, ones that he can actually see out of. And, uh, dude, he's... He's, he's crushing it. He's absolutely killing it. Um, and he's doing it in a convincing fashion. And it, it's not a fluke at this point, man. It, it's, it's super consistent. He is the best guy in the class. Um, and it, it, it's like to see, man. It's, it's really, really cool to see how you can go from being, um, I wouldn't say, <laughs> I won't say bad or anything, but very, very uh, subpar given his, his past championships in the 250 class. And then just see the exponential growth and, you know, having him snap to the front of the class. Yeah, you know, if it was more gradual, we saw more like a sixth and a fourth here, then a third here, then a second. I think we people would kind of be a little bit more understanding or a little bit more okay. Yeah, kind like of rattle off podiums before you rattle off wins. Exactly, and not even wins, but like multiple wins and a pretty decent points gap in a very very stacked class. So um, I think this is one of the most killer breakout rides. This is reminiscent of like a uh, Villa Poto type run where you're just you know sort of at one area and then boom you're you're winning the next season and you're the you're the guy for the next couple of years i mean it's going to be tough to dethrone this guy man especially if he carries this to outdoors and uh outdoors for next season this guy could be in the next you know like dynasty pretty much so um we'll see man we'll, we'll see how it ends up i'm very excited to see how cooper webb can handle some of the added pressure now that he has a big points gap and people are expecting him to win i'm excited to see if this kind of trickles down and gets a fire under eli's ass or inspires Roxanne to, to get better starts and start making a push for this thing and 
um, get angry again. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for it, man. Cooper's having a, a, a an amazing season, and it's it's lighting things up for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, what do you make of uh, like like with Eli Tomac not being able to like just race to the front of the pack uh, like we've seen in in previous uh, weeks? Is that more evidence than? pretty much anything else that uh, this was a track that was inherently pat- hard to pass on uh, given the fact that he was in 12th at some point and uh, I think at least two or three laps went by just didn't move forward couldn't get past uh, the 22 machine couldn't get past his own teammate in Joey Savacci which uh, if nine weeks ago we were talking about uh, uh, just how the season's going to go this that and the other thing you just would not have expected uh Eli Tomac to have such a hard time getting to the front of the pack ends up salvaging, I believe, a fifth, but uh, fifth or a sixth. But that's not where he needs to be. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not where where he's expected to be at all. Um, I think you said it. You had you had the nail right on the head. I mean, he's he was trying to go for the track where you're, it's almost impossible to pass, and uh, we nope. saw that a little bit up, up front where where you had Marvin and you had uh, Blake sort of. The, um, kind of going back and forth a little bit, like they were somebody would make a time on the other person, but then they get hung up, and then the, the gap would stretch, and you do it again and again and again. Just very, very impossible to to make passes on. The ones that were made were sort of a little bit unorthodox. You're going over ruts a little bit and um, trying to break out of your main line and having to just do some weird stuff. So I think if we had a little bit, a little bit more of a uh, of a mix up in terms of different lines, more unique passing opportunities, more unique passing lanes. Uh, I think we could have really seen some some nitty gritty tight racing. Uh, as much as I said, I like I like sand and on the supercross tracks. It really did not add to to any of the of the sort of dicey racing which we're used to seeing. So um, yeah, and then you said it. I, I, hopefully they figure it out next next couple of races when we get to see some more uh, unique races like uh, like Oakland, for example. That was a really good one. Absolutely, and uh, just a few more things before we uh, let you off the air here. I believe you've got another podcast to get to shortly, uh, but uh, um, like a number of guys had some pretty standout rides. Uh, I think this might have been a season's best for uh, the, the likes of, of one Justin Hill, although it's an 11th, probably not where he was expected to be, not where he needs to be, and currently in points. Uh, way further back than he, he needs to be right now. 14th. Uh, that, that's kind of ugly. Um, like, uh, w- what's, uh, what, what's, what does Justin Hill need to do to, to turn this, to turn this around? And, uh, uh, and maybe you can also tell us a little bit about the podcast you'll be going on later on this evening. Yeah. Justin Hill is a tough one, man. He's, uh, he's more than talented. No one's going to argue about his, his talent on the bike. He's the past, uh, a 250 Supercross champion. Um, he knows how to ride. You know, he's 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 a, he's a solid rider. He's got he's got a lot going for him. He's young, full package. I think what his issue is is starts and inconsistency uh, with his performance. I mean, it's one thing to go fast and qualifying and practice. It's another thing to make sure that that translates into a uh, into a super solid uh, finish in the main event. I mean, he's really got to really got to dig deep, realize that he's racing some guys that will not falter, that will not make those mistakes. They won't, they won't deviate more than maybe point, uh, maybe half a second, if that, on their lap times when things are going pretty smooth for him. So I think he's got to get his fitness where it needs to be, get those starts nailed, and ride up front with these guys. He's capable of it. He's got the speed. It's just putting all the pieces together, man, which I think a rider of his caliber with his equipment and with the amount of time that he's been in this in this sport, um, should be able to handle. I, I think I think he's more than capable of doing it. 
So we'll see, man. Hopefully we can turn around in another couple of weeks and uh, we can see Justin Hill sort of come into come into his own to, to the potential that he that we all know he has that he all that that he should exude. You know what I mean? He should be up there in the top five regularly, and uh, I'm hoping we can see it. But uh, yeah, uh, as far as the podcast is going on, a little bit it's uh, Tyler McAdams' podcast with New England Riders Corner, and um, it's it's really fun. Really focuses more sort of uh, on a niche uh, New England sort of market. Uh, interesting. I'm from New England, so of course I love it. I love talking about the nitty gritty of uh, New England Moto back in the day. Um, Tyler's a huge historian of the sport, among other things, and uh, really knows the stuff. And it's cool to just talk back and forth about you know some cool things that used to happen a couple years ago, back in the good old days, '85, first year big bike type of stuff, and really highlight and give uh, New England riders a voice, which you don't get to see too often. So. Like, I appreciate it, you know. Kind of reminds me of a uh, big and max where you and I kind of go back and forth about the good old days. So it's fun, man. It's, it's definitely a fun podcast. Absolutely, uh, yeah, uh, Tyler. It's awfully nice for, of you to have uh, Dave on your podcast, uh, when, knowing he's probably one of the only guys that I can think of who uh, knows what it's like to ride his very first big bike because he still rides it. <laughs> How's it going, Tyler? Hey, it's going great. How are you guys? Not too bad. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler McAdams, here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Uh, I understand uh, you're you're interviewing a local legend, a guy who's been to more Supercrosses than probably anybody else from the New England area all season long, other than maybe uh, a guy like AJ Catanzaro. But although uh, he's only ridden one more main event than uh, than um, than than Dave, uh, like uh, <laughs> what what do you, what do you look to learn? From from a young Dave Drakes on your podcast tonight, uh, Tyler. What I'd like to learn, well, at least what I'd like for my listeners to learn about is, you know, Dave was able to have an idea, <clears throat> take that idea and turn it into like exactly what he wanted. He he was able to commit to devoting himself and his time to a passion of his, which is motocross, obviously. Right. And he had an idea and he stuck with it. And I think a lot of people nowadays. Uh, I wouldn't say struggle, but, but, you know, a lot of people have, oh, I want to do this, and I have an idea, and I want to do this, yet they'll sit on that idea for years, if that, and it's just, it's very impressive um, on Dave's end to be able to have an idea, focus his attention and his energy on it, and then make it something, and yes, things don't happen overnight, so obviously, the past three, four years, he's really worked hard towards uh, making it something, but now, you look around, and and it's tough to stop and look around at it because you're so busy and, and you you know he's he's got such a busy program that when you get to stop and stare and look around, you actually kind of let it sink in a little bit. And I mean, he's accomplished so much, and he's allowed people like myself to follow my dreams and make connections with people that I never thought I'd ever have connections with. Fair enough. That 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 was a, a generous amount of smoke blowing up uh, <laughs> Dave's ass. Uh, <laughs> he he should be nice and toasty after that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I gotta hand I gotta hand it to you, Dave. You're one of the guys that a lot of like. And there's a lot of people who would embark on uh, trying to make something happen with the sport that they love in a sport that's inherently difficult to uh, to pull support out of, to pull money out of, and uh, and you found a way to, to provide value for people, and they've like, been able to come back to it time and time and time again. There's people who have uh, done the experience more than once, uh, which sort of, that sort of speaks volumes to how good it is, really, is that people will will, uh, will invest uh, heavily in, in just make, making sure that 
when they go to a Supercross race, they're not going to leave disappointed, and that's what they do through the collective experience. And uh, uh, pretty cool to be inspiring young uh, young uh, entrepreneurs like uh, young Tyler here, who's got now his own podcast. I believe he's two or three three episodes in, and and you'll be featured in uh, one of the earliest ones. Uh, and for me, this will be uh, episode six hundred and eighty-two. Holy crap, that's dude. I don't know yeah, how you I'm put not, out that much content. <laughs> yeah, I'm not up to where you are, Brad, but I've got uh, this week will be number 12 so far. Wow, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So you're climbing the ladder. I like it. This is awesome. I, I, I'm a little bit insulted that I have yet to be invited onto the podcast, but that's fine. Uh, I'm not from New England, but uh, uh, but I do talk to a guy fucking from New England quite a bit. Um, but yeah, no, this, this will be awesome. I think you guys are going to have a great podcast. What's, uh, like, what are, what can people look forward to listening to on, uh, uh, your podcast, Tyler? And maybe kind of walk us through, uh, kind of the creative portion of it and your idea behind it and, uh, why you wanted to pull the trigger. Well, tonight, uh, David and I are going to have a few topics to talk about. Um, one of them being, you know, having a focus or a goal and knowing who to talk to and how to get yourself there. Dave doesn't know um, that though. A lot of... <laughs> he knows that. Oh no, he knows. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Giving him more credit than I give him. That's fine. Hey, 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 be nice now. No. So, <laughs> so Dave and I, um, what I've learned so far is that there's a lot of influential people in new England. Yes. Um, and if you, if you know how to present yourself to certain people, um, you're you're able to make certain connections, and regardless of who you are, anyone here in New England's generally really nice to each other. Um, we've got a pretty special thing here in New England. I'm not going to say it's not like that anywhere else in the community uh, in, in the United States or, or for Canada, but um, I think something there's something special here, and being able to kind of capitalize on that stuff is good. So I well I got some ideas, and I've got um, I've got some tips and hints that I've used that that have worked for me as far as um, making connections with people and talking to the right people. And the whole creative idea about this was, I, you know, I really I was sitting there listening to Chris Keeper's podcast one day, and he was well, talking about, like, tips and tricks and, and advice on uh, racing and riding during the week. And I, and I just said, hey, you know what? I think I'd like to do a podcast. And I sat on it for six months maybe. Um, I was going and going for school for my license for my plumbing. Right. And uh, – Finally, I got the license. I said, hey, let's do the podcast. And the first thing that popped in my head was I got to do something where I give riders in the community in New England area some kind of platform that they can talk to, share their experiences with, share their motos with. Um, you know, I, I talked to Mike Treadwell a uh, few episodes back, and, yeah. and he was able to kind of go back in time and just talk, you know, 80s, 90s moto and yeah. just a little bit about his career. Great interview. Um, so thank you. Yeah, that that was that was really nice of him to come on and, and give us some of his time and so that's the kind of idea is that if I can give the general rider the, the you know the normal guy like myself or anyone else uh, some kind of platform to speak their their piece and kind of talk about their experiences I think uh, I'd pretty much been successful with it so um, having people on and talking about that and just talking moto is a, a lot of fun as you know so uh, you know that's kind of the, the whole goal I guess is to just have fun with it 
Fair enough. Uh, biggest surprise or biggest kind of eye-opening moment that you've had through the podcast? Uh, they say, don't meet your heroes. Motocross, I find, is about 50-50 with that. Sometimes uh, you want to meet your heroes. Sometimes they turn out to be even cooler than you thought they would be. Uh, sometimes you, you meet your heroes and uh, you're shocked and appalled uh, at, what, at what you come to find. So uh, uh, do you have a good and a bad story on that end? Or maybe uh, if, if we're, uh, we're in our infancy for the podcast, we're focused on only the good things well you know i don't i can't say i have a a bad at all to be honest with you um i haven't been able to really have like uh i guess well-known people not well-known people but like like yourself you've had some big names on your show um as far as like mike treadwell i was very excited that he had said he had agreed to come on oh great and he's a great guy i've I've also had dave or uh, mike on he he, like i we could probably add him to the phone this phone call right now and he'd be he'd be down with it Oh yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. and that's what I was, and I, and I knew he wasn't a bad guy. I, I've known him for a few years, just, just racing the local scene. But to me, I always knew his backstory, and I knew that he was, a, you know, a legend, you could say. And yeah. I was like, you know, I'll, I'm going to ask him. I'm just going to ask him. And yeah. first time I asked him, he's like, "Yeah, no problem, bud. I'll come on, no problem." I'm like, yeah, wow, okay, yeah, for sure. And I mean, a lot of respect for guys. As like much that. as I thought he'd be nice, yeah, yeah, you have to respect a guy like that because, you know. He's got a normal life like anyone else, but he's busy. But he's able to take some time apart uh, from his busy schedule and just and talk moto. And that that to myself and others is important. And it's a big thing in our lives, especially we got the winter time right now in Northeast, and we're all going crazy. <laughs> just stir so, crazy, yeah. Yeah, we. I, I mean, I can't. I'm itching over here. I can't wait to get on my bike. Absolutely, and, and as far as Dave, you're as far as Dave, as far as you're concerned, uh, getting on a podcast like Tyler's, uh, obviously he's uh, he's a vibrant young guy. He he's got a vision for this, and he also says nice things to you, which is a contrast, a sharp contrast <laughs> from what you experience here on the Big MX Radio podcast on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm not used to it, man. It makes me kind of recoil when I hear nice things. But <laughs> no, yeah, it's 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 great being able to talk to someone like Tyler that. Uh, had this genuine passion for the sport and um, sort of just went after it, found their niche and, and what they're good at um, and, and made it happen, you know, really bringing the, the inside look of New England uh, moto to, to New England moto people, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's super cool, great for, for the younger Groms coming up to kind of hear some of that moto history and have a platform to, to shine and for some of the, the OGs like a Treadwell or or a Dowdy or someone like that um, to kind of share their experiences and, and how they see the sport going and how the moto is, is sort of transitioning or, or kind of staying the same. It's cool to get that inside look. So I think what Tyler's got going on is pretty cool. And hell, I mean, I give you guys all the credit in the world. Anyone that can get their own podcast and, and make it interesting and talk like you both have, I mean, it's it's pretty neat, man. I don't think you guys get enough credit for all the work you put in. I'm blushing, and I appreciate the smoke being blown up my ass uh, as well. Um, well, this is this is exciting. I really like having uh, the both of you guys on. I think, uh, um, Tyler, what you're doing with your podcast is fantastic. Uh, the The space is is certainly big enough for as many podcasts as there currently are, especially if they decide to uh, sort of create sort of a, some room for themselves. And I think you're doing exactly that, which with focusing a little bit on. Uh, New England side of things, and I think you'd agree that 
everyone, and I mean everyone, has their story in motocross, whether it's uh, your local sea rider who's been doing it forever and never quite quite get past uh, the, the, the spot in the C-class where you can move up to the B-class or a career B-class rider, or uh, your grizzled vet uh, in the A-class who's been doing it since uh, since we had carburetors and two-strokes, uh, Dave. Um, but, uh, like... The fact is, is you can literally have just about anyone on the podcast who's dedicated to the sport, who loves the sport, who has a story, and it can turn itself into something that people can get really get entertained by. Because, like I said, everyone has their story, and uh, like like Dave's had the opportunity to uh, come on the podcast and ask me a little bit about my history with it. And I'm sure that if uh, you had somebody uh, come on, Tyler, that you'd be able to uh, have them and sort of like kind of quiz you or sort of have have them or have you walk them through your own story and everyone's got that cool story and everyone's passionate about it everyone puts stickers on their bikes pretending to be sponsored by companies that have never heard of them uh and that's the beauty of motocross the 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 fact that the, the gate drops for absolutely everybody it's the most inclusive sport that i can think of uh um bar none in in high school football if you're no good you ride the pine in in hockey if you're no good you sit yourself on the bench you, you watch everyone else have fun but in motocross the gate drops for everybody and that's the beauty of it and that's what i think you're celebrating with your podcast yeah you know brad i, I really couldn't have said it any better than you I and know that really I hit it home <laughs> well you just know all the right things to say don't you no i was bugging you <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really hit home when you said that um, you know you can you can go ahead and try out for football or hockey. Yep. And if you're not good enough, sit your butt down. You know, thanks thanks for playing. But with motocross, it's you and maybe your dad or, or whoever's there at the track with you, and that's it. And you know, it is to a to an extent a team sport. But when it comes to that gate drop, you're all by yourself, and that's the best part because if you put your 100 percent effort in, that's all, all that matters. And, you know, you can put your 100% effort into, um, super, uh, like, soccer, baseball, hockey, any of those things, and you'll get cut if it's not good enough. But yeah. guess what? You don't get that gate drop no matter what. You can still race. You can come in last. No one cares. You still went out there and tried. So Exactly. Like, in, in the case of Dave Drake's, because he often does get last, he spends most more time on the track than anybody else. It's, it's all about track time. And when it comes to track time, Dave wins on his carbureted four-stroke um, and we love to have him on the running podcast. Every LC, running every LCQ imaginable. Yeah, just getting those extra laps in, man. I, I love it. Um, Tyler, uh, before we plug all of all things uh, on your podcast and send people where they can go to listen to it, and I can let the both of you off the phone so you can do your own episode, episode 12, or I guess it would be lucky number 13 coming up. Um, what are your thoughts on the 450 class for 2019? Uh, we have a ton of different winners. Um, our current po points leader uh, has been surprisingly dominant throughout the year, and the guy sitting in second place um, only was that 12, 13 points down. Uh, does not yet have a race win. This is confusing. This is fantastic. This is the 2019 Supercross season. Man, you know, I would have to say that the season so far has really kind of caught me off guard. Yes. Um, I'm sure like everyone else, you know, the last couple seasons have been predictable. Um, but I love the fact that it's not predictable now, but it's killing my fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm doing it makes guys like me look stupid really when I'm like, Tomac's going to win, and then he gets sixth. <laughs> and, and uh you know i what i really think it comes down to is who has the most mental strength coming up uh through the next couple rounds i mean i'd have to say cooper webb is 
on a high right now. He's very right. strong. I would not consider him mentally. to be mentally strong, though. No, you wouldn't? No, I, I think he's probably more affected by ups and downs than anyone. Like, when he's high, he's high. When he's low, he's low. Evidence, last two years. Hmm. So, yes, I agree with the – was he's sensitive to bad results. But right. the thing he's had is four or five in a row now. Um, I think he can carry that confidence and that and that momentum right. for the next couple rounds. Um, but but that's the thing is, I mean, Chad Reed absolutely destroyed it the other weekend, and and that's and you know he felt good. He was mentally strong. He mm-hmm. had the right mindset, and I think that comes down to every weekend who has the best feeling. I mean, you can practice all week. You know, okay, so Justin Hill, for example, <laughs> he can practice all week. He, he can be the fastest out there. Um, but what happens when it comes to race day? You know, I mean, he's no doubt fast. He's a good rider, but I believe that something clicks, something happens where there's a disconnect, and all of a sudden race day comes, and he's just not the same. Yeah. No, there's there's something funky going on with the 46 machine. Uh, I just can't quite figure it out. 11th's not good enough. That's all I know. Um, and that's honestly the high watermark for him. When you're battling with Cole, uh, with Kyle Chisholm, uh, on a Hep Suzuki when you're on a JGR Suzuki. Um, I'm not too sure how you defend yourself when you go back to the race rig. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a very perplexing season. Guys who, um, like basically you've got guys other than Cole Seeley, everyone else has been on the podium or damn close, uh, right there. Uh, Dean Wilson's led laps, although he's had a little bit of a, uh, since actually going to the factory bike has sort of, uh, gone a little bit, um, Invisible, so to speak, uh, and but Justin Brayton has been steady and solid. Uh, still kind of waiting on Aaron Plessinger, although I think he's still dealing with some back issues. And if you've had any back injuries in the past, you know that trying to race with that it would be a serious, uh, just a really debilitating thing. But um, what blows me away is just the consistent week after week um, of, of Cooper Webb. Just, just if like he's even even at the the. the in Detroit, he was able to still win one of those uh, those Triple Crown uh, races, and uh, it's been a while since we haven't seen him uh, somewhere near the front. So, uh, like you said, he's working on confidence. He's rolling in. Uh, he feels good. He's got that cocky smile, kind of that crooked smile, kind of like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing, sort of. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is sort of by accident, but I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Um, he's got that, that, that swagger going on. I think that's dangerous especially when there's so many other fast guys in the class. Like, if there was just one other guy, like if it was just Eli Tomac and Eli was going to rip through the pack and, and be right on uh, Cooper's Cooper's uh, rear uh, rear end, that's one thing. But when you've got to race through Ken Roxon, Marvin Muskan, Blake Baggett, Justin Barsha on his better days, uh, like, that's no easy task. And that makes uh, a guy who's bad at starts in Eli Tomac uh, even that much more susceptible to some bad finishes, which is what we've seen in the last four weeks. Other than that one win, some pretty ugly finishes, and uh, that would spell as a 22-point deficit um, with seven rounds to go. Um, he needs he needs some things to really go his way. He not only needs to like Tomac rather needs to win races and have put some uh, some people between himself and Cooper Webb. I'm not sure that he's going to get it. 2019 might be a little bit too little, too late once again. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think you're right. And he kind of put some stuff together. He, he seemed to look really good in the last couple of rounds as far as like figuring things out on the bike, but 
if he's not going to get good starts, man, it's really tough to get through a, uh, a pack like that. Like, yeah. you know, too many fast guys. A, an elite pack. Yeah, there's just so many fast guys that, you know, if you're not getting a top five start, it's going to be very difficult to get through there. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so before uh, before we let you guys go here, and I uh, appreciate you being so quiet and probably going to the bathroom, Dave. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, who did? Who did you look up to growing up, uh, Tyler? What? Uh, wh- like, tell us a little bit about your motocross story. Uh, what? Like, what was your racing like growing up? Who did you look up to, and what do you currently ride? Well, I have to say, I mean, we all kind of looked up to the same people, but I always looked up to Ryan Hughes. Um, I got to meet him, I think, like oh three oh four Southwick uh, Nationals. He signed. A photo nice. of him. He, he he was just a really good dude, and I know he was doing it for the fans. But it always meant so much to me having a photo of him and, and having it framed on the wall, and so that was cool. But my racing, um, I started when I was four years old. Uh, I did my first race, I think, when I was five, and I ended up placing like fifth. So it, I was by no means am I some kind of crazy expert rider, but it always seemed to start off on a good foot. And my father and my mother had supported my racing and done the whole thing for years. Um, even with the parents divorcing, my father and my mother still supported me um, all the way up until I was 14 until I had blown up my YZ85. And my dad said, hey, hey man, that's it. Like, I can't, I can't afford it. And wow. at that time, uh, 2008, uh, yeah, 2008, we, the country started going into like a recession. <laughs> People weren't making a lot of money. Everything was very expensive. And uh, he said, that's it. So up until, I think, 2015, I, I, I got my own dirt bike, and I started it up again, self-funded this time. And, uh, you know, I've been yeah, racing yes. probably two or three seasons now, four seasons, and, and I'm in the B class now. Um, I made a pretty good amount of co- uh, progression, I think, anyways. I mean, I'm 20. I'll be 25 in March, so I'm not by any means young, but uh, we're making up for it. Happy I'm currently birthday. riding a. Thank you, thank you, uh, St. Patty's Day. If you want to send me anything, killer. We'll get you the big <laughs> radio uh, care package. Those are not privy uh, to guys like Dave Drakes. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't got one. Man. No, N- nor have you been offered one. <laughs> it's okay, Dave. We'll, we'll send a new and riders corner package to you. There that doesn't even go. exist. I feel love now. It does now. <laughs> but go on with your. Uh, you, 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 you were mentioning uh, what you're currently on. Oh uh, yeah, so I'm on a I'm on a 17 YZ250F, and uh, just kind of instead of buying a new bike this year, decided to throw some money into it, and uh, that's what I did. Just threw a little bit of money into the suspension. Uh, Jason over at SGB Racing, uh, they do suspension and all that stuff, and I, I just said, hey man, I want some killer stuff, and. He hooked it up big time, so that's like my biggest thing for the bike this year: suspension. For sure, suspension is is underrated investment in in racing. For those who like, you, you, your your bike might be a little bit uh, long in the tooth, but uh, um, some fresh suspension can breathe some life into an aging uh, two or four stroke. To be honest, uh, so where do people go listen to? Uh, is it New England Riders Corner? Yes. Yep. Where where you is can it? find that on. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. You can find that on iTunes, um, at New England Riders Corner, and Spotify, same name, New England Riders Corner. Um, you can find us on Instagram, at New England Riders Corner. Um, I've got new episodes every Wednesday. Um, 
I'm, I'm pretty, I'm very responsive. If you have any messages or questions, uh, on Instagram, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main place right there. You can find it on Instagram and iTunes and Spotify. I'm working on getting like reaching out a little bit, but for now, uh, just iTunes and Spotify. Fair enough. Well, uh, hopefully we can send some people over to you. Uh, go, go over to, uh, iTunes, subscribe, New York, New England Riders Corner. And, uh, you can also send, uh, you can leave a review. That's how, uh, Tyler will get more, uh, views in his, um, in, in their sort of like this space. If you like the, the, the more views you get or more, reviews you get the more views you're going to get if that makes sense more listens you're going to get more downloads you're going to get uh and uh yeah you're in your first season of that really excited to have had you on the podcast for a surprise uh interview hadn't really talked to you other than a few uh, messages back and forth on instagram and uh, i thought maybe i could catch dave talking some shit on you which he never does so i guess maybe that was uh, foolhardy uh on for me but uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. Like, I could have been like, hey, isn't that Tyler guy a huge douche? And you'd have been like, no, he's actually the nicest guy ever. I super like being on his show. And like, I can't say enough good things. I'm like, thanks, Dave. Awesome. Now, Tyler. Um, yeah, so that's how that was going to go. And that's how basically it went. But uh, no, this has been fun. And hopefully uh, um, uh, with that, you can uh, you, you guys can do your podcast now. Uh, I'll be at uh, Dave spending about two and a half hours a night talking to talking dirt bikes is probably getting him in the good graces of his girlfriend. Not at all. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, really appreciate you guys making some time. And uh, yeah, check out for those who are listening. Check out New England Riders Corner. And uh, last question for you, Tyler, before you leave. Uh, what's going to be the high watermark for you? Who is going to be the guest that you are actually nervous to place that phone call? Ryan Hughes. Uh, I can get you his number. And he'll do one with you. What's that? I'll get you his phone number right now. You're kidding. Yeah, I'll I'll give you, and he'll do the podcast. Oh, sick. I actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I messaged him uh, probably a couple hours ago. So Uh, I was just like, dude, because I I saw him talking on Whiskey Bottle Show, and I said, I got to have him on the podcast. I got it. Share contact. Oh, I don't have you saved in my phone yet. I can't share it yet. Uh, I will. I will. I will send you Ryan's uh, uh, Rhino's in, info, and uh, he's never turned me down. He won't turn you down. So uh, yeah, you can look. Uh, people can look forward to that episode coming probably next Wednesday. Wow, appreciate that, Brad. And uh, I want to say thank you for taking the time to surprise me and have me come on here and talk. Oh, yeah. I'd love to come on and talk more if you'd love to have me. Definitely, we'll make this. Uh, we'll make you a repeat offender. Maybe not as often as we uh, abused, uh, verbally abused Dave, but uh, uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Uh, really appreciate you boys making some time for me this evening. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Maxima USA, proven under the toughest conditions. The Collective Experience. Access your dreams at thecollectivexp.com. Sickwix candles, soy candles, and wax melts for moto fans like you. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Find out more at medterracbd.com.